the hard yards brought to you by Sports Joe. Into the short side. Before, but I'm the referee on this field, not you. Hi, Rob. Zeeds here. Just want to discuss the captaincy next. He's calling. Oh, and Ring Rose comes through. Oh, that is brilliant from Ring Rose. Ring Rose is going here. What a score! You're very welcome to the Hard Yards. I'm Andy McGeady. It's another big week for Irish rugby as we look ahead to the Champions Cup semi-finals this weekend. And a little later in the second half of the show, we will discuss the IRFU and Ulster Rugby's decision to revoke the contracts of Paddy Jackson and Stuart Olding. As always, I am joined by Pat McCarry. Good morning. How are you? And uh, James Downey. Andrew. Fresh back from your trip abroad. Yeah, yeah. Which we'll come back to. Perfect. Um, <laughs> and a little later, we'll be speaking with Jason Harris-Wright from newly promoted Bristol, a bit of life in England, playing under Pat Lamb. And uh, Bristol is very much a family affair for the Harris-Wrights. Uh, nice chat, that. Um, make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify and all good podcast apps. But uh, yeah, Jimmy, how was the trip to Zambia? Yeah, no, it was very, um, very insightful and I guess powerful. I guess I was over at um, Alan Curran's projects in Self-Help Africa. Um, There's nine of us over. A um, couple of people from sporting backgrounds, a um, couple of Gaelic players, hockey players. Um, yeah, no, it was... Literally, Alan's done a, a lot of work uh, over the past 15 years. Um, and we were over, I guess, kind of with the schools and with the kids. And he'd built some schools over there. And we were in visiting the kids and helping the kids. And it's just, look, it's just a bit of a kind of a checkpoint. That's a reality check of, like, we worry about certain things. And um, these kids growing with smiles on their faces. And just, you see now, Jamie, he slips over there at the moment. Um, I think he's an Ethiopia with goal. Um, but yeah, no, it's just one of these things I've always wanted to do and an opportunity presented itself and yeah, gave me a bit of clarity on things and um, no, no, very powerful stuff, really enjoyed it and I had a great time. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, uh, when you arrive back from a trip like that, what, what's it like? First couple of hours you're going to go and wow? Yeah, well like firstly we we had no coverage for I think seven days of no phone, phone, phone coverage, coverage around, yeah. like literally... <laughs> You forget how much you rely on the phone, you know, and it's so nice to not have that or no Wi-Fi and no texting, nothing like out from the outside world and um, sat in the bus an awful long time as well, you know, but as you say, you kind of just, you come back and like these kids have just, as I say, hugely inspiring for me anyway and um, puts a bit of faith in humanity again. so yeah, no, really enjoyed it, and uh, Alan's done great work. So who were the uh, who were the gal lads? Um, there was Dotsie O'Callaghan, oh yeah, yeah. Um, and Ronan Kelleher, uh, Ronan Kennedy from um, Leitrim, and the last one was uh, Shani Buckley from Limerick. And who was the hardest worker? <laughs> I say Dotsie, I give it to Dotsie. You were but a close second. I was a very close second. You were the site foreman. Were you yeah, leading around shovels? You need the director. You need the <laughs> director of operations. <laughs> And if you're good at talking and telling people what to do, I like to think so. <laughs> yeah. Foreman. Get, getting yourself into trouble here, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, no. I'm, you look, I'm, you I'm, look happy. I was, yeah, no, it was brilliant. It yeah. was actually, yeah, yeah. What's the, is it, have you made a big resolution now since you got back? I've got a few, I've got a few. Um, probably won't air them, but yeah, I've got a few <laughs> yeah. things. Because I don't want to commit to something and then be completely <laughs> shot down. No, I have, yeah. The, um, oh, okay, so speaking of, tours not to denigrate what you were doing 
Um, the, but the important tour was Monster and the yeah. Shoot. Yeah, Monster. Were, were Monster in South Africa? I actually didn't notice from any of the players' um, Instagram accounts. <laughs> no, they kept it very hush. <laughs> they did, yeah. Uh, but a great work by the promotions team, wasn't it? Oh man, pure dream yeah. for those guys. It worked out brilliantly. No visa issues. <laughs> yeah. No line bites. No fifty-five hour travel like Cardiff. Yeah, I or think t- two wins. Two I wins. I think if you didn't win, nine and, match points, and you're. And tabletop mate or whatever it is. Yeah, table, table mountain. Yeah. Table mountain, and you're doing all this and swimming with sharks, and, and you lose. It's okay, a bit of a holiday, but no, it wasn't a holiday. It's very professional, and they got the result. And, but look, it's. I thought it was very well done. I think that's the secret to going to South Africa is wait till the very end until everything else, everybody else has made the mistakes, and then you follow up at the end and just so, cruise what over. Referring to these are problems. <laughs> Hands getting bitten First off. First week. <laughs> yeah, but it, no, it's they they did it well, and in fairness, they they seem to embrace <coughs> the trip. They didn't send over, you know, the juniors. Mm. No, they I, sent over the squad, and we actually we talked about it at the very end of last week's show with Kev. Which would be better preparation for your Champions Cup semi-final, a tour as a group in South Africa, or two home games against talent opposition? That didn't work out well. Mm. No. Ju- just on that, um, completely agree with what Kevin said about like you want to do South Africa, you know, and two a week before you've got two weeks, you have that unity. I know we speak to Jason about culture and stuff later on, but it's. Like it's hugely important for me. The best team bonding sessions we used to have. Um, like I've been to an army camp. I've done all the like you know all the rubbish that you do. Like I see it as rubbish. Some of it, like but in army the, camp, were you oh, again shouting orders again and not doing any work? Uh, no, I was. Work. He had no choice to be honest. Um, right. But like it was like they're brutal. Like you know and the best ones were like or we go to France for a week and stuff like that and like you're flogged like and it's tough but away you're away and you're together and you're in each other's pockets for two weeks or a week um, in pre-season and just before a hugely important game uh, biggest game of the season for them it's it's a nice team bond there it's everyone in together everyone again reaffirming the values that they'd set out at the start of the year so for the record Kev wanted his own bed Kev, 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 Kev wanted to stay at home. He wanted to stay at home, play against the Italians, would just be at home. Kev's priorities have changed. <laughs> they have definitely changed. Now, so Kevin, a young, now a younger that, Kev. Yeah, okay. Because Kevin now would take the two weeks in sleeping and getting a full night's sleep. Yeah. He's 100%. T- 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 tell his wife he's gone away yeah. and just stay in a hotel for two weeks, yeah. nice sleep. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, in Leinster's home uh, sort of soft, easy prep. It had worked great against Sebre, but Treviso, wow. Yeah, they well they put out. It, it wasn't a great, you know, like a, that. It, it was really a second strength team. Like you know, only a couple of lads, and then even the the big lad like Sean O'Brien was just coming back and and not fully fit as well. And Carberry, I know, was there as well, but he hasn't played a lot of ten. So uh, it looked like they were going to steamroll them again. And I was actually only watching back at it there, and I think uh, on TG Four Reggie Corrigan was saying because Leinster got off to a good start, Rickard Strauss scored a try, and he was saying. Oh, Leinster are up for this this is going to be a tough night for Treviso and then Treviso mauled them over the line for a try and you know things weren't the same after that they just they were well up for it and I think it was the I think when Tabaldi had the little kick over the top that try they got just after the second half if Leinster had kept them out there you could have seen them you know walking on and beating them by 30 points but they scored that try 
and things like Treviso just grew in confidence as the game went on and, and fully deserved to win as well mm. The I mean you've said Leinster put out a relatively weak side but I don't I think after this season especially like in previous years yes but this season especially there are no weak Leinster sides mm. 53 players they yeah. choose from yeah and they've they, like, they've managed to do damage to other two good teams mm. playing so called second strings teams they just played really badly yeah yeah they um Things just weren't clicking for them as well, weren't they? And it's it's maybe that thing of like they they've been here so many times at the RDS where it's a close game for like fifty, forty, fifty minutes and they kinda of think that we'll push on in the end and then mm. just maybe that's it. They just they, they never went through the gears then when they needed to and um I think maybe it is like there's there's lads there like, like you don't want to be too harsh them, but maybe there's a lack of kind of leaders on the pitch to kind of step up and make the big play when it when it was needed as well. Like um so that was it. Like, yeah, like we'll see. The, you know, the likes of like Barry Daly, Noel Reed were all out there as well. But like guys who are just kind of the likes of a Henshaw and a Saber who's going to call the ball on themselves or make that big play. Um, yeah, you know, not kind of saying they're bad players, but maybe guys who aren't going to push on and kind of you know make the difference themselves. And this meant a lot to Treviso because they're chasing Ulster. So mm. Ulster had thought they were like home and hosed. Yeah, <laughs> after, after, after beating Osprey, yeah. yeah, you'd expect Leinster to do a job at home. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then suddenly Treviso turn up, and Treviso. This is pointed out to me by my father-in-law. Hat tip. Um, Treviso, if Treviso had gone for the bonus point at the end instead of kicking the ball out, I mean, it, there's I no way just, any of yeah. them could have been thinking that. <laughs> but when you look at the table now. Ulster 55 points, Treviso 54, but Ulster have like a 30 point, sorry, a 60 point um, advantage in points difference. That could be, it could make a lot at the end of the season. But well done, Treviso. Hats off. Mm. You, it takes a lot to go to the RDS and win. Last team was anyone? Oh, what, are we talking about Italian Scarlet. team or anything? No, Scarlet's correct. Scarlet's semi final last season. Well done, Jimmy. I listened earlier on in the meeting. <laughs> 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 but you got like, I know at the start of the year, Evan was talking about how poor the Italian teams were and like the South African teams are going to be this, uh, have this huge impact. But to be fair, they've both stepped up. I think Zebra have been pretty impressive as well, mm-hmm. you know, and I think Bradley's done a good job there. But even. Treviso now they have a bit more consistency about them um, yeah. so I th- I'm looking at that as Conor O'Shea having an impact down the line and um, the ripple effect is, is happening and that's where he wanted to focus No it's fantastic for for the Pro 14 but yeah. it's fantastic for yeah. rugby full stop Because if you take your eye off the ball as perhaps Leinster have done um, this or this weekend just gone it's okay, you're going to be beaten while before you can have a lacklustre day you can have seven or eight players off the boil and you can still get away with it mm. but now if you've one or two off you struggle like you know and that's testament to them but I guess from Leinster's point of view you've got to use this as a positive you can't focus too much on the negatives this week it's got to be a really upbeat positive week European week things will change um, the training structure normally on the European week is very different mm. um, I don't know if Leinster do but in Munster you even have a change of uh, attire like your your training kit's very different to okay, yeah, your yeah. normal week um, like so it has this oh it's a different week you know and um, I think Leinster will, will have to focus on positivity you know and kind of use that as a little little bit of a stick to beat them with this week but you're going to flip it down just and say right that's draw the line under that and move on Okay so looking ahead to the semi-finals um, you, Pat you mentioned Sean O'Brien mm. is he involved is he fit what, what did you think of him at the weekend <coughs> um, yeah like he, like he had to came, like, did he come back against Scarlet's away came off holding the shoulder um, yeah just, you know seemed to be 
playing kind of gingerly enough again just almost getting a feel for for the mm. game again and I kind of expected him to come out for the second half and give it another 10 or 15 minutes but he, he went off at half time so um, he, of, of all the players to kind of come and just be able to pitch him into action it's Sean O'Brien <laughs> you know like he, you'd have no doubts about it if he was coming in from the start he'd do okay but um, I still after that maybe only playing 40 minutes haven't been out for a couple of weeks as well and then the season he's had so injury hit yeah, I can see. I can see him maybe being on the bench, um, maybe getting ahead of like some Max Egan. But I see, like, I think it'd be foolish to take Dan Levy out of the mix there to just to throw Sean O'Brien in. Yeah, completely agree. Don't think you'd. It's amazing again. Like I know we've spoken about it before about like you're we're 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 content and happy to leave Sean O'Brien out. Like you know, and I and I think completely on merit as well. The mm. guys absolutely deserve it. Like. Mm. Um, I wouldn't move Levy at all. I could leave him exactly where he is. He's number one. Um, I'd be interested now, as you say, that bench spot. Um, personally, I'd, if you have Sean O'Brien coming on, you can get if you can get half an hour out of him, twenty minutes impact. But what if you need seventy minutes? What if there's an injury? Yeah, well, that's I was yeah mentioned that if if Ruddock is fit, then that's what I was thinking. You could put Ruddock on the bench as well because you can cover the second row. Yeah. Like, and then if O'Brien has to go in early and doesn't last, then you have Ruddock as well. Like it is. You're you're dicing it a little bit, um, so he'll he might have to hit some markers, I suppose, earlier in the week just to kind of show what he can do. But mm-hmm. but then you don't want John O'Brien to hit too many markers in training because you, he's not 100. percent So like, um, give him one tough training session and then see if yeah. you can throw him in. But uh, yeah, Ruddock might not be a bad one. But then yeah, we're relying again on Luke McGrath being fit as well. Like, and hopefully he's ready to go because that can change everything if if he's not fit. Gibson Park plays and you're up with the low or Fardy thing again yeah James Lowe gave some good uh, good copy mm. to the Sunday papers very entertaining interviews if you haven't read them I, I thoroughly recommend uh, I think was it, did Brendan Fanning have one and Peter right? it's, anyway Sunday Times and Sunday Daily Mail as well stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, talking about being weak as, weak as puss in the <laughs> in the gym yeah, <laughs> yeah not, there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> yeah he's not a gym monkey no no, no. does not seem to be but uh, no he was good and it <sighs> expressed his uh, frustration with the rule fairly clearly saying that look he, it hadn't been discussed because Fardy hadn't signed yet Um and he signed I remember because right, it was a similar remember when Luke McGrath was injured earlier in the season there was mm. a similar one about do you play Gibson Park or do you take out Lower Fardy and um, I think I think Lowe had even mentioned it after a game like oh they need to change the rule and it, it's not a world rugby rule it's an EPCR rule now Correct. as well Like so um, it's all because of you know the European Union and employment laws and stuff like that as well so it's, it's not actually something that world rugby can influence it's EPCR and, and also we, there's loads of questions I get a question at least once a week about this how can such and such a team make a lineup with X, Y and Z playing when Leinster can't play this it's incredibly complicated it's not about who you who you play for or have played for or even where you're born it's about passports and there's also other little rules along the way like you, if you've had a certain number of kids in a country etc et you can be naturalised it's really complicated Leinster are getting done at the moment mm. right but they know the rules you know this is the nitty gritty stuff that you love <laughs> to analyse. I but know, uh, but still, <laughs> is, is the key, key sign Safas? Is that the key? You said Africa's are a fair game, Islanders yeah. fair game. You know, you're grand. It's just if you happen to be, if you happen to be a person who mm. only holds an Australian, only sorry, <laughs> sorry, only holds an Australian or New Zealand passport, and you've no other qualifications under the various loopholes. 
Yeah, you're in this little box called Fardy, Lowe and Jemson Gibson Park. Andy has a chart at home of all player permutations and how many kids they have. And <laughs> this, and this, started, this goes back to Jack Charlton days, of like grandmothers and <laughs> when they're stacking the Irish team. <laughs> Grannies everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, but we, we've said this before, if Luke McGrath isn't good to go, mm. it's a definite, it's Fardy? Has to be. Has to be Fardy. Has to yeah. be. Yeah. As much as entertainment wise... Um, what he brings, you just you can't like you can't like the battle up front is too yep. is too big. Um, you lose that, doesn't matter where you're playing, and spe- you're on the wing as well. It's okay, completely you can be a, a game winner, but if you're not like if you're not if you have an international back rower like Scott Hardy who can also play second row, um, oh yeah, you know it's. Yeah. That's huge. Sorry, sorry I, I believe he was officially signed as a second row. <laughs> Jumpers for goalposts, Andy. Yeah, so those goalposts can move. They certainly can. They yeah. certainly can. <laughs> um, so I'd he's he stepped up an awful lot recently as well, and this is he's a big game player. He knows what it takes, and I'd certainly have him in there. As as harsh as it is, but yep. I'm, I'd be hoping that uh, Luke's okay. I'm sure, they'll know. Um, then know early in the week um, well as long as Jack McGrath isn't playing scrum half we're okay after that pass the weekend it was a disaster wasn't it that was not good you could just see it he missed Noel Reed, who was aiming for by around two or three yards as that, well that replay from behind is particularly yeah. harsh I'm it's sure that'll be brought up in video sessions this morning there's <laughs> <laughs> a little highlight reel at the end on repeat it'll be brought up for life <laughs> uh, pity because he was captain um, mm. but anyway uh, Scarlet's no fear Come to Dublin after last season's performance, both in semi and final. No, no, uh, and then they were another. They all pretty much rested up. Every side that was yeah. in the semi-finals rested up. Did you see the Scarlets lineup that was named for Edinburgh? Like, um, yeah, there was just hardly any decent. You know, like hardly any of their big hitters there at all. I think like, there was a fetus on the bench. <laughs> there was just like, just so many kind of what is it? Yeah, just these young lads getting a chance and stuff like that, and and. Um, yeah, like they, you know, they'll be delighted for. It. But then, yeah, went up and Edinburgh just ran through them, and mm. um, I think we're talking about that. Just like the the highlights, were only four four minutes was just try, 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 try. That was yeah. the highlights of the game. Like, but uh, Edinburgh would have been delighted with that. They were another team that Ulster could have caught, and Ulster probably be like I suppose. What can you do? You have to. You can't allow other teams to dictate you. You know where your season's going to go. But they would have been aggrieved having beaten Ospreys and then see the next day Edinburgh throttle the. A team of kids. So here, here's one for you, right? Skip uh, changing competitions for one second because you brought up uh, Edinburgh. Scarlets are now one point ahead of Edinburgh with one game to go, right? So if Scarlets want to, they can choose to play either Munster or Cheetahs in a quarterfinal, essentially. If they if, can choose, well, yeah, because by winning or losing, yes. I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> I'm just saying, right? <laughs> You know, Would you prefer perfect. to play Munster or Cheetahs in a playoff game home? in the pro in the pro at fourteen? Where are we? Are you at home? That's a good question. If you're at home, Cheetahs. This is a good example. <coughs> Make them travel. McGee did, n- did not think this one through. Yes, yeah, so come, come second. Ill prepared. Home, home quarter, yeah, home quarter final. You certainly don't want to play Munster in a cup game. Nah. Okay. So Cheetah's easy. Okay, grand. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they'll come over, and, and then the big thing will be Tyke Byrne again and Shingler again. And can they do the same? Leinster surely, because I think they were taken by surprise last year. Um, even though Scarlets finished, they were actually on the rise as they came to play them in the RDS, but they still took them by surprise. Mm. And they just savaged them at the <coughs> breakdown and yeah. just played counter attack rugby again. So and neither of those games were close. Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, they, they destroyed uh, Munster as well at the in the Pro 12 final. So. Um, 
but then again you're going to say did I have that shock value again no but then look at them again in the Champions Cup this season they've been mm. brilliant so and <coughs> they're playing with such confidence as well yeah. and um, yeah, I think Leinster are going to win but I think Scarlet are going to come here fancying their chances I think, right? I think the Aviva as well might suit um Scarlet's too is quite open as well so um, they're not afraid to throw it around yeah. it would be a great game it would be a super game yeah. um, will Robbie Henshaw be involved oh. He's, he seems to be running I know running with the team but his lack of rugby is going to go against him unfortunately and when you have someone look again this could have an impact depending on Luke McGrath as well perhaps if you do want to you could push Nasiba to the wing instead mm-hmm. um, but Nasiba has been I think he's been great stuff at 12 actually to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, he and he's a calm and influence and again you spoke about leaders and uh, you thought there was lack thereof I suppose but I think Nasiba's on the money out there and he's just a calm influence over everything isn't he so I'd agree with you <coughs> I'd, I'd leave it as is um, yeah. Henshaw because the, they had Rory O'Loughlin on the bench there for the quarters like so maybe Henshaw and O'Brien would be two amazing lads to have on the bench wouldn't they if they needed them it'd, be, they, an, it'd be an interesting call actually you know mm. because if he's not played it depends how much how far down the line he is tackling wise he can run running's fine but it's take an impact on that shoulder yeah Munster travelled to France to play racing yeah um <coughs> Is how much of a thing now is playing this game in Bordeaux versus playing it in Limerick? Um, obviously, okay, you'd love to be playing in Thoman, but because because it's in Bordeaux and it's not in Paris, it's it's a bit of a strange. And I I played against um, Clermont away in Nice and Toulon in Marseille, and it takes a little bit off like the French are very good at home but <clears throat> they're still not home there and I think Munster and the travelling team we were close in both of them and Claremont came off the field and actually looking back probably should have won it you know and like we kind of let, let it slip we left it out there and it's very frustrating to see that one that was um, the, <coughs> the Raj final game yes yeah 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 yeah. and we could have scored at the end like and oh, yeah it was looking back now it's frustrating you know it's just one of those you're kinda, you you're left a bit out there do you know? want me to say you're actually getting tense talking <laughs> about it I know yeah it's because it's annoying the shit out of me like. <laughs> <coughs> two semis like, oh. that was the one was that the kick to the corner was that TMO that didn't go Munster's way yeah I think so long. yeah 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 and then the Toulon one we just oh fuck it's like you know we left oh Johnny Wilkins and kicking again like but again we were like they don't have the same factor that they do when they're playing in their own backyard and, and it's racing sometimes Claremont bring a different travelling support uh, I think support's going to be key how the French tra- or how the Parisians are going to travel I, mean, I know it's Bordeaux it's a little train ride but again months are going to travel regardless you know mm-hmm. so it's like I was I know before I spoke and I kind of said oh, Rassing will win but when I'm hashing out now kind of I'm thinking I don't know there's definitely an upset I think that can be in, in that game I think Leinster will win mm-hmm. um, but I think I still think Racing will do it just enough but I think Racing are four point favourites with the bonus <coughs> so your your feeling off air is echoed by yeah. our friends with the uh, the money and Leinster are 11 point favourites against Scarlet but a lot Whoa. of these a lot of these <laughs> small percentage factors are there behind closed doors like you're talking like Munster have had this little bonding session Munster winning Munster on a bit of a roll um, Racing did very very well yeah. against Claremont in that quarterfinal. yeah yeah, they did didn't they but that's yeah. what I mean you can if they can they're moving away from your quintessential French teams of oh we lose in the road they don't mm. they have that build of steelness about them um, they know what it takes to win away and they've proved it in Europe now as well so yeah 
It's going to be a tough one, you know, but look, you're right off Munster. So, so on the Munster side of things, yeah. you've Conor Murray is having... Like, is it his best season? Yes, yeah. Uh, he's been great. Yeah. yeah, he's been great before, but this is even better again. Like a fifty-seven yeah. meter uh, penalty kick, Just uh, stroked over. Yeah, with this, you know, with some space to go and some distance yeah. to go. Like he, well, the ball flies higher up there, but still, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, still, yeah. No, we still have to do it. Like you know, it, it was like um, uh, what's his name, Francois Stein. He's a big howitzer as well. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Um, um, I mean, they've got players. There is a couple coming back from injury, which is great because mm. they they really had survived a couple of weeks now, and I'm very bare bones. <coughs> um, Pack's always going to perform, but one battle I'm looking forward to is those second rows from Racing. So, <laughs> Munster have played against Nakarawa when he was with Glasgow in the Kingspan in a final, and he destroyed them, yeah. almost single handedly. Mm. How do you how do you deal with that? <laughs> I played against I played with a man against him and Leone is the way he carries the ball he's like a child in one hand like and you kind of forget to tackle him sometimes because he carries it and he waves it around and you actually kind of look at it and go I'm going to knock the ball out of his hand yeah. and then you're kind of actually nearly jumping to knock it and all the time you're moving backwards and it's like oh shit we've got to stop that offload like, and he still gets it away you got to frustrate Leone and if he gets in the game and he makes a carry and he gets an offload um, he's in the game and he's tough but he can go missing sometimes as well you know I think that if they put him in the pressure he makes the balls of a few offloads um, he'll be frustrated and he gets frustrated and he won't do so in contrast to the two second rows that Munster have um, you got Billy Holland and, uh, and Klein who, who are absolute workhorses who will do all the hard yards who will do nice plug yes. um, it will do um, all that all that shit work really like you know getting around the park hitting rooks making tackles the only won't Leone will bring the big stuff. You well, know. That's, that's who he's got done to Ryan for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yes, which is a, a great balance. Actually, it's mm. a it's a fine balance in the second row because you need someone to offset Leone's frailties. I guess of if he's not interested, you'll see him walking around. Like if you watch his body language, if he's not in it, he'll walk and he'll be lazy. And he won't hit rooks. He's not a fan. Like so. So you so you'll know after five um, minutes if this is. Leone switched on or off? Yeah, you can tell. Oh, I'd say he'll be. Tells me he's going to be well up for this. And, <laughs> but if he gets, if he, if his first play is a, a positive one and it's a good offload, could watch. be could be tough. Yeah, watch. Do you it. know, like he's just like you see what he brings in front. Like, it's, like the French league suits him perfectly. You know, yeah. like and he's got wheels. Like <laughs> it's just that all round second round. Will they pick Carter? Will they pick Carter? Um, to start. No, like, yeah, but like he no, I, th- I think they'll leave him on the bench again, yeah, mm. and and do what they did against Claremont and bring him on as well, and um, yeah, like he's he's like they still have Machinot who's <coughs> you know can kick no bother yeah. to him at all, and and did great in that pool game over in Paris as well, so um, yeah, as we talked about the bench for Lencer, imagine like a guy like Carter, you see the damage he came on with that mm. that pass he threw to um, tear Claremont apart, so um, yeah, he'd be up for that, and maybe this is the best way to. To get out of Dan Carter, he's off to Japan next season, isn't he? Like so, yeah. Um, yeah. This is the best way to kind of use him in a big, big environment like that to bring someone like that on. But the, I, th- I think we kind of mentioned about Murray earlier on with James Hart going down injured. It's going to be big to see whether he can get fit for this weekend as well. Is Hart is Hart definitely out this weekend? He just he just looked in a bad way. He was yeah. down getting treatments. Uh, there was a dodgy pitch over there in uh, in Bloemfontein because uh, a lot of guys were getting caught in. It. I think Zebo got caught in the pitch a couple yeah. of times as well because it was breaking up under their feet. So um, he, he could be all right. 
you'll you'll never know. Like they'll they have a press conference tomorrow, Munster, but they won't let on whether he's going to be okay or not. So, but if if Murray's not, you have I think is it Jack Stafford is a young lad who can come in after that. So if Murray, you know, if Murray starts, you know, we saw. Um, Toulon kind of giving him you know tough enough tough but fair treatment but if, if Murray gets injured Munster in a heap then well not in a heap in a heap of trouble but they could still they'd be putting pressure on him let's say yeah and, and that's it in France yeah okay so the uh, the boogies have Leinster Munster as being the favourites as in that is the final pairing 8-5 after that Leinster Racing after that Scarlet's Racing after that Scarlet's Munster really? who's your call for the final pairing that's and did you not say that Racing were four points favourites. Yes. Correct, but Leinster are very heavy favourites. Okay, right. So it's more the, the way this would work is that Leinster are very heavy favourites to go through much more than it is for Munster to slip by Racing okay. if you get yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um, Leinster Munster is the final that we in our very non-biased <laughs> parish here want to see. Uh, is that where you put your money? <coughs> this is head and heart again. I'd love that final, like how good that would be. Um, I just can't see. I just think Racing are a little bit changed. Um, just their mindset. They are quite clinical. Before I would have said, "Oh, Munster will do a job in them." But look, never right. Never go against Munster in a European game. So I still, I just think Leinster Racing. I hope I'm proven wrong, but. Mm. Yeah, I was going to go the same as well, and and it just, although yeah, it would almost be the same as James that like before the South African tour, you would have thought maybe, um, you know, Racing or Racing or favourites handily back Racing, but mm. then they went over there and got the two wins as well, and they'll be coming over, for, you know, buoyed up as well. Mm. So yeah. Racing did the same as Leinster and Scarlets. Yeah, yeah. rested everyone. Yeah. So so like you would be, you'd think Munster have a bit more of a chance there, but I'll still go. I'll go the same as James, Leinster and Racing. Okay. Andy, what about yourself? I'm going Leinster Munster. Heart all the way. Yeah. Yeah, really hoping. No, yeah. I, hope, I, I really hope it's that as well. Like the one place I would put a fiver on for next weekend is uh, Scarlet's to finish within that 11 points. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, that, that seems, seems crazy wide. that they're plus 11 Leinster, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, okay, uh, we'll leave that one there. We're delighted to be joined on the line now by Bristol hooker Jason Harris Wright. Jason, thanks for taking a few minutes to chat to us. No, no problem at all. Uh, good, good, good to be on. Um, this has been a decent old season for Bristol. Promoted? Yeah, it's been great. Obviously, at the start of the year, this is uh, this is the target we set out to obviously gain promotion, um, and and it's been a really good year. You know, um, some pretty tough games on the way. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty tough league, probably a lot more than I expected. But um, no, it's, it's great, obviously, to to, to get the promotion and, and you know. I suppose before the end of the season as well, nice. We can have a couple of weeks of, of kind of a bit, bit more relaxed. Uh, so yeah, it's great. How was the How was the weekend? Was that relaxed? Um, <laughs> we, we had a good weekend. We had, we had a good weekend after uh, after the game on Friday. Um, it was good. obviously we we we'd won the game. We'd won the league before before the game on Friday. But it was good to good to be able to go out and put in a good performance we we kind of we talked about that we, we obviously knew um, that evening if, if they had won the week before we needed to win on Friday so um, you know we, we still kind of had a good week's prep and, and, and wanted to go out and put in a good performance as well as, uh, especially at home we kind of we been a little bit off recently at home so probably wanted to put in a good show for the fans mostly really The um, it, You've had a long old road getting to Bristol um, you've been through a few Clubs, tell us about your journey. 
Yeah, um, so I obviously started in Leinster uh, oh, probably over 10 years ago now and um, had a couple of years there. I was obviously quite young there and got a little bit of a look in and kind of was involved, looking, looking enough to be involved in um, the Heineken Cup uh, and, and you know, and then kind of when when Sean Cronin signed, kind of was, I, I knew it was really time for me to move on and, and you know keep playing. So um, the opportunity came up actually in Bristol for a kind of short term move, um, and then came over here to get some game time, and and, and then ended up following that, uh, the chance to, con- to go to Comets came up, um, which which I loved. Uh, you know, went went there and, and had 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 a few had four really good years in Comets. Um, and yeah, obviously had a few few uh, injuries along the way, but which I suppose kind of stalled me at times. You know, when things seemed to be going quite well, I kind of picked up you know a few big injuries and and yeah, just kind of stalled things. But um, yeah, uh, it was it's great to great to get back here. Um, and you know, obviously have have some success is 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 is, is has been great as well. The uh, there's a family connection as well with Bristol, so you've you've got a brother here. Yeah, yeah. So my brother, he's he's a he's one of the senior SNC coaches, strength conditioning coaches. Um, he's been here for I think maybe this is his fifth season now. So, um, yeah, it's great. That was obviously a, a, a massive bonus uh, when when I decided to come over, having him here, and he has two small kids and, and his wife over here. So it's nice to um, nice to have some some family quite quite close um, and yeah he's he's been here he's probably been the biggest impact on my career to date so um, you know I know I'm, I'm really close to him and I would talk to him pretty much every day anyway um, trying to rattle his brain for, for little little tips and things but uh, yeah so it's great to great to have him here and actually be working with him How do you mean there's an impact on your career is he someone you he's someone you go to is he someone or are you talking like a physical side I suppose probably a bit of everything. He's, he's he's three years older than me, so I always would have kind of looked up to him growing up. And, and he was quite a decent rugby player growing up as well. He just didn't really kind of fancy that route. Um, so I suppose he, he he's the only one that's always been kind of honest with me about my performance and things I need to be better and stuff like that. You know, or most people tell you, you know, your parents tell you you're great and that sort of stuff. So he's kind of been, been always honest with me and, and pretty constructive. But you know, he's uh, he obviously. He's he's pretty well qualified and and in in SSC and, and he you know he kind of he knows I suppose what works best for me and my body and and you know what what he thinks you know I should start focusing on and, and maybe pull back on and so you know I think it's really over the last couple of years I suppose I've probably got to know my body a lot more and, and with his help and and you know I think it's you know it's really really helping me. What was the last time he was really honest with you? <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> Last night, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> uh, he's pretty, he's pretty ruthless to me, to be honest. He, uh, he just uh, he has a chip on his shoulder, but, but he's the older brother, so he can he can kind of do what he wants. But uh, no, nah, it, 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 it's uh, we've a good, real good relationship. But um, like I said, he's just he's nice and honest, which is you know sometimes maybe too honest to have a bit of an argument. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's good. Hey, listen, how's um, how's Mads getting on? Yeah, great, great. He's been he's been unbelievable for us this year. Is is I don't know if you saw the game on Friday. His goal kicking is just sensational. Nothing like I've ever seen before. Um, but no, it's it's great to have him here. He's 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 a good friend of mine, and and you know, I've known him for a long time. So uh, 
you know, it's obviously great to play with him on the field. He's he's as as a forward, you just want to be kind of told where to be and what to do, and and he's that commanding voice, and and you know, he's he's obviously played at the highest level, so he's he's he's, he's nice and composed, and, and and also he's great to have off the field. Like I said, he's a good friend, so um, it's nice nice to have someone get get a few more Irish lads over here and. and and turn the turn the tide a bit. The, we, we used to get we slide a good bit, but there's a good few of us now, so they're kind of pulling back on the abuse. All right, the Irish click is now strong, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's there's a couple of players, and then there's a couple of a good few in the management. There's, uh, yeah, there's a good few in the management. So I think people are starting to realise they might they're, they're pulling back on the slides a bit more now. So it's nice, nice to get to, to not be getting the token potato. Uh, Slides all the time. So, um, Jason, what is it? The I saw you you had played under Pat Lamb uh, when you were at Connacht as well. How did it work out? You know, with him giving you a shout because you're. I think you were with Clintara Fringe at the time when when he gave you the nod that maybe there was, yeah, there was so, a chance of playing for Bristol. Yeah, so I'd basically just I'd, I'd gone to London Irish for a couple of months and I and I'd literally just come back uh, kind of around Christmas time and um, I got a call from him and I actually initially thought. I thought it was about my brother. I thought he was ringing me. Obviously, I knew he was coming to. It was released the week before he was coming to Bristol. I thought he was trying to get some information about my brother, his number, or something like that. Um, but yeah, he just he just said, "Listen, I'm obviously going to Bristol, and you know we've obviously worked together, and and there was there was obviously reasons I left Connacht, but um, you know he said, you know I obviously really rate you as a player, and and this and that, and I'd, I'd like to offer you a contract. So, um, that was kind of around December, like it's quite early. It was kind of December time, um. So I I was you know obviously delighted and um, yeah I I kind of teed up with, with to play with Clontarf for the rest of the season anyway so it kind of worked out really well um, they were obviously very good to me as well so um, yeah and got got signed up and then played played the rest of the year with Clontarf and then obviously came over for a preseason. And I remember was it uh, every time I was down at Galway there when when Pat was there like it was just this talk of like community and brotherhood and. Everybody seems to be this big one family. Like, has he brought that into Bristol? Like already? Like, and you know, what type of a man is he? Just going to be around? Is this kind of you know? Is he truly this kind of inspirational character that you hear about so much? I suppose, like, yeah, he, he's brought in. You know, it's a big thing he talks about all the time. His culture and and you know, I suppose, like being defined by that. You know, um, tries to we you know we have a pretty good culture group in place here and. and Try and try and do some, you know, do some stuff off the field. I think, you know, he talks a lot about, you know, if, if you're close off the field, you'll, you know, you, you'll tend to do a lot more for each other on the field. So that's kind of, you know, that's that's one of his big kind of ethoses. Um, so yeah, we've 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 like and, and you know when you when you're in tough games and stuff, I suppose you need you need a tight tight knit group of players, you know, to, to kind of dig deep for each other. So um, yeah, it's obviously still a work in progress. There's obviously a lot of new players. This season uh, in Bristol, you know that mightn't know each other from before, but there's definitely there's been a huge, huge, um, you know, we've, we've gone forward massively with our with our culture here, and, and everyone's you know pretty pretty tight knit now. So, so what do you see John Muldoon, man of Connacht, bringing to Bristol? Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 a great appointment. I think he I obviously know John really well, and um, I actually met him there a couple of weeks back at the Cheltenham races, so I was chatting to him about. about Thing. So he's obviously, you know, he's obviously massively, massively experienced, and you know, from playing with him for a few years, I, I know that the, the, the knowledge he has about the game. So 
you know, and he obviously had that connection with Pat. So I think you know he'll be he'll be great um, as as defence coach. He, you know, I'm I'm sure he'll have you know plenty of good ideas, and and you know he obviously works really well with with you know Connor, our assistant coach, and obviously Pat as well. So yeah, he'd be you know, and, and more importantly, he's a good, he's a good guy. So that's you know, um, he should be should be good. He may need a few elocution lessons, I think, just to, to explain a few things over there uh, to the rest of the Bristol boys. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a running joke. You know, he'd be trying to tell you a story, but the story might be 20 seconds long and you're 10 minutes later oh, still going, no, no, the end well, of the story. So. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, there's a few pauses between his, between his, his story, so it should be interesting. Um, and the, the Bristol boys might, might struggle to... Might struggle to hear his accent actually understand his accent so. yeah, these video sessions might last an hour instead of 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> elongate the day yeah, exactly so yeah Jimmy did most strike you as a man who was going to move into coaching um, yeah but I, I guess I didn't see him as going over straight away to um, to Bristol um, I think it's a great appointment for Bristol but for Connacht to lose some yeah. of that experience and like like that knowledge that he's gone with you know that's that's going to be a big yeah. void I think they're going yeah. to find that hard and I think Bristol are going to because most got a great outlook on things as well he's very focused and driven on what yeah. he wants to do so I think Bristol's a great club for him as well as he says it's quite interesting yeah. Jason you mentioned do you, like you said culture group there do you, is there a culture group there or would that be just kind of the leadership group or is um, no there's actually so there's a leadership group but then there's also like a culture group so there'd be different guys set for different kind of you know some might be say some of the older guys the kids might might organise you know family events okay. um you know, might get uh, different things like that, and then obviously some of the younger guys might be a little bit different. They might be organising, you know, a few, few kind of piss up sessions every, yeah. every now and again. So it's kind of yeah, a little bit different. Um, but yeah, there's 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 different kind of try, try and try cater for everyone, I suppose. All right, listen, Jason Harris, right? Thank you very much for your time today on the Hard Yards. No problem. The Hard Yards brought to you by Sports Joe. You are welcome back to the Hard Yards. Uh, this weekend, the IRFU and Ulster Rugby announced that the contracts of Paddy Jackson and Stuart Olding would be revoked with immediate effect. There's obviously been a lot of discussion around this the whole time, uh, through the trial, and now we have reached the point where, essentially, I am going to put my interpretation on it, they have been exiled. Mm-hmm. That is what has happened. Um, the Looking at a number of different uh, papers and speaking to people... It seems to be a pragmatic decision that there was a negotiation involving severance and that's fine and obviously all sides have agreed if the two players were to next seek employment elsewhere. Gents, um, firstly, before we talk about where they might end up, what do we think about the decision? What's your yeah, it's. I think it's the right thing. Um, I actually was surprised that they came out and said revoked. I actually thought it was going to be a deal it was behind the scenes because employment law would be very strict that like did the lads actually breach their contract in a way and could they be could they be cut loose as well like so I actually thought it was going to be a deal where like listen lads you're moving on um, you know you've breached some of our standards that we have here especially with those WhatsApp messages and it was just going to be a thing where like it was announced that they were going to be leave, they were going to leave at the end of the season that's what I thought was going to happen but they've went so far as to, to revoke the contracts then yeah I think that the uh, I'm just going to put in there because I know Jimmy you want to come in um, Jerry Thorny's piece just included some wording from the standard contract which is important here so 
This is from Jerry Swanee's piece of the weekend. It said, under the terms of a standard IRFU contract, the union reserves the right to summarily terminate this agreement and dismiss the player from its employment if the player is guilty of gross misconduct or has committed a serious breach of the terms of this agreement or any of the IRFU's policies, codes and regulations notified to the player. Specifically, this incorporates being guilty of any form of conduct which brings the game into disrepute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That seems to me to be the key part here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was just going to say that on your standard contract or in your standard contract, there is that code of conduct and it's, okay, a lot of it's open to interpretation as well, but that's kind of the nail on the head right there, you know, and I know the, the RPI, the Players Association, would have certainly looked at that and and gone through the contracts and look, they are general and they're, for, they're in everyone's, um, but it's it's obviously completely rare that it's have to be called into, into play, but as you say, Jerry's put it out there and it's pretty black and white. It is. So we're in a situation where it is the the Irish rugby's stance has been, look, we need to move these players on. They've obviously had um, an agreement in terms of paying whatever money is involved. We, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they do have the right to seek employment elsewhere. That's completely okay. Um, it's the where is the big question here. Um, so I said before we went on air that I believe that there are two things involved which if I was to be very cold and pragmatic about this I would say that if you can get language and distance it would help you if you were Jackson holding a representatives is that too cold or is that right? Well yeah from a yeah completely from a, I suppose that they've been dealt with now it's been dealt with they're moving on their way so let's say from their point of view a player's point of view or their agent's point of view it's all about how if they if they actually do want to continue with their rugby career and if that's been the thing they've worked all their all their life towards if they move on somewhere else where do they go? Um, I'm not sure whether they can go to England because I think it would follow them over there as well. The issue would follow them over there. Um, there'd be too many there'd be people involved. Everybody, but you know, you'd know. Let's say for example, if there was a Gloucester, David Humphreys is there, and then you'd be talking about favoritism, you know, something like that. Or it, you know, it's it's too easy for it to follow them over there. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they go to France. There's, there's talk of I think uh, Peter. O'Reilly in the Sunday Times and, and Rugby <coughs> Rama had uh, mentioned that Claremont were in for Paddy Jackson. They have Camille Lopez but Paddy Jackson's international test class uh, out half as well. Um, Stuart Alding, not so sure about where he might end up. Um, but yeah, like I think the best thing for them if they want to go and they have a lot of work to do internally in themselves and, and to get back playing again. They've been out for a year. They have to kind of work on you know their own side of things as well. Yeah, as you said, distance could be good for them. Um, and the further they go away the less it might follow them as well so in a very again being very very coldly practical mm. about it. so Midi Olympic this morning say that um, according to their sources Claremont have been talking to Jackson for the last two weeks yeah well they probably I wouldn't be surprised if they got the nod that they were going before those statements came out anyway yeah but, but France can be one of those kind of forgiving places um, where you can just kind of blend in um, as much as you can I guess but I don't think England would be a wise move I think Again, I'd agree with your sentiments of distance, language, Japan, France, Australia. Okay, you know, but it's Mm. time difference. It's out of sync, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a very tough one. Um, I think that the the reaction since the trial is finished have been interesting. I think Stuart Olding's tone of his statements certainly contrasted with Paddy Jackson's, um, which I think will help. Um, if a new club was trying to present this to their fans um, if they were asked to but again you're, you're right these things can blur 
you know what I, what I, just the, the one thing just added and that was just if if they do go somewhere else as well they have to kind of come out and let, just don't hide away from this you know come, come out and, and be in the open about it and and maybe like Gerbrand Grobler when he went over to Rasting um, you know gave a couple of media interviews and explained his side of the story as well so um, if the lads were to do the same thing and you know go over there and, and it's just like it's something that they have to own and they have to live with and the statements so far have been them stepping forward and kind of you know, admitting they were wrong mm. in certain cases, so just do the same once, the, once they move on. There's an important part in the the statement as well from IRF and Ulster is that they're, they've announced a, a, an overhaul or a view into their own education and mm. procedure. What, what actually happens to our young players? What are they told? What are they taught? Etc. Etc. Um, I don't know if other players are involved with this. We know Craig Gullery has been sanctioned. He's effectively suspended until April 26th. Yeah. yeah. Um, so sanctioned rather than moved on. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully there will be a publication of what they do plan to do and to change, etc., etc. Um, I'm very mindful that we are a studio of men. Yeah. Um, and we ha- there's a natural empathy that we do not have to what female supporters in particular will have always felt about what came out during the trial and I'm not talking about a verdict mm-hmm. okay this is where we are now we will see where the lads end up um, and I think we need to end that conversation there now Twitter questions slight change of gear very much a change of gear uh, use the hashtag AskTHY to get a question in for next week and make sure to follow us on Twitter at at THY Rugby. So, the first question is from the blind side. If you could choose one player currently still playing from anywhere in the world to play for Ireland, who would it be, in what position, and why? There's been scribbling of <laughs> before we went into this segment. What do we have? We were given a heads up. Um, initially, yeah, the thoughts were get Bowden Barrett in because he's the best player in the world. So you'd make it work, and you can you can cover positions. So um, that's what I initially had. But I've what went. Mean, sorry, this is, no, this, mean, sorry, this is nice and pat. This is nice and pat. Now he's teed up. I would have gone him. I would have gone him. <laughs> yeah, like all right, my pick is Malcolm Marsh, this uh, South African uh, hooker, because air boys are getting older. So this lad's twenty three, one of the best players in the, the rugby championship, and um, yeah, it'd be great to decent shout somehow get him in if we could f- work something out yeah. no wonder <coughs> he wasn't telling us about what his yeah. real pick was <coughs> yeah he kept that one quiet very smug yeah. over here yeah. um, I thought he would have gone Sam Simmons or something <laughs> 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 I was thinking Bowden as well I was going to go kind of controversial um, I was going to go Chris Ashton just oh, yeah, yeah. You want to get a plug for your boy? No, but just because his try scoring is unbelievable. Broke He's the a record machine. at the weekend. He's the top an absolute 14, yeah. machine. 20, Whatever you think of him. So 22 tries this season uh, is the now the top 14 record is owned by an Englishman. Yeah. Took it over from a Fijian. Just, yeah, that's what, like, just a try score machine just to have there and... Like I don't know who I dropped him for, but tries. I th- like we were talking, me and Pat, when you gave us the question, me and Pat were talking, we're like, I'm actually thinking of when we're putting players in, we're thinking of having like they're like, oh, they're on the bench for impact, and like, mm. would you drop it? Like, would you do this? Would you do that? Yeah, Aaron Smith on the bench there, um, just in you know backing up the boys. That's how. That's what I said. But if, I, if anybody ever listened to that, they would think how arrogant are these <laughs> these Irish lads talking about putting be- Barrett and Aaron Smith in a, in a uh, supporting role. Yeah, um, I wouldn't mind having. Toby Fallotow playing for Ireland yeah eight's not oh. a bad shout you, Vinopolo was mentioned as well um, mm. but again like, what are you, who, who are you dropping 
Hookers are not a bad shout though. Um, mm. What's the go- um, what's the Hurricanes hooker? Oh, Dane Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is he? Ba- he's back playing fully, yeah. and, and yeah, because he's, he's through all his concussion issues well, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's oh, another one there. Yeah. All right, so so generally, Hooker, good shout given yeah. the career that Rory Best has had, and that he'd be sort of, you know, it's pragmatic. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. I like Ashton though. Oh yeah. Okay, no bias there. Yeah, we'll get him on. They're actually, Irish qualifying. Yeah, the weekend, because I was saying, I was saying uh, talking about the tries that um, Ashton has scored, Stockdale's now got 19 for the season. I was saying, I was looking it up at the weekend and uh, did something for Sports Show that he's actually won behind the season records of most tries ever scored by an Irish player, which nice. is Tommy Bow. Uh, back I think it was 2009-2010 season so if Stockdale gets one more try he's equal Bowe's record so uh, incredible to think that he could actually you know especially with like central contracts and stuff that yeah. some guy could nearly score 20 tries for, for province and country in a season yeah good shout um, are you gonna me yeah to fell it out oh okay sorry yeah I thought, oh, it, was, I thought it was reasonable no, not, not exciting though play my hooker be fine <laughs> um, even though sorry this next one is from Sean Hanley even though he wasn't involved at the weekend CJ Stanner has become an integral part of the Munster and Irish setup. has he now reached the level of being the greatest import in Irish rugby ahead of the likes of Rocky Elsom and Doug Howlett so there's two kinds of import there is the project player import mm. and there is the proper foreign player who comes in and really gives something to the, the proven rugby. player yes okay yeah. which um, do we divide it into two or, or just have an overall I, t- I don't know but I do think that those are two different uh, yeah. two different pots yeah well Stander's yeah. the best ever project player uh, yeah. in terms yeah. of what he's delivered and, and come true and, and actually committed you know like he's bought into the monster culture and stuff as well so he'd be definitely the biggest success story and something you would put up on a slideshow if you're doing anything about why we should keep it so Stander would definitely be that but um, yeah in terms of overall um, yeah I would say I would say Howlett's okay not okay <laughs> Howlett's very good but he's in a save for me yeah I, again like you're looking at some of the lads you're talking Jim Williams I always John the Lack. name in my head yeah <clears throat> and you have to think of I, I, import 100% agree mm. Pat I think though that you have to like winning something you look at Rocky Elson they won mm. Issa won Dougie won like they're they're winning trophies mm. and just to have that little tick beside the name it's so I like Jim Williams impact was for Munster and Langford like the players mm. speak so highly of Langford um but yeah, it'd be Jim or like even Brad Thorne as well was another one who has. Well, if you want, yeah, we had him on the show last yeah. week, and if you want impact, you know, in terms of the amount of time he was there, this was unbelievable. Um, up north, I know you're talking about trophies. Um, Ruin Pinar, yeah, he certainly yeah. had impact. Yeah, no but trophies. No trophies. Is it all about trophies? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> End off. Yeah, right. When you finish, it's like no one goes, "Oh, what did you come runner up in?" Like what? Well, like it's what did you win? All right. Fair enough. Uh, Jerry O'Donovan is Conor Murray's ability to impact games done with such cool assurance that we underestimate his worth struggling to think of a player in Munster with this much influence on our fortunes since Rog yeah uh, it's it's. Um, I went to see him earlier in the season I think it was a, I think that game against uh, Rassing I think at home in the Champions League but like just every, every time you, he just 
he's he owns the pitch when he plays there and he's such a kind of he, he's so smart and like he knows when the advantage is coming or what to do or um, you know when the kick is needed when the pass is needed even the try he came off the, the bench there at the weekend and got um, you know a lot of you know other he gets so many more tries because he's that bit bigger of a scrum half as well and has that physical presence and um, yeah I think he, it almost is at a stage where like he like does he have a bad game like if he has a bad game it's one in every once a season twice a season t- tops like he's uh even I thought it was great to see in that too long game that like here's a guy who actually controlled the game for Munster even though his team were actually getting mm. battered back at, at, at but stages like but I think what he's getting at is we, we kind of know this but do we still get how valuable he is like <laughs> I, I would argue that on the Jonathan Sexton side there's a bit of that because people don't realise how valuable he is mm. defensively yeah and not until he's not there until he's not there and then you go oh because you know not that you want to take him for granted, but sometimes you do take him for granted. And but I just thought he's brought an extra edge again. Like he keeps increasing standards. Like his kicking game now is. This is in fairness. He's fair all around it. Yeah, absolutely. There's a topic I want to do someday, which is the great lost Irish kickers because they stopped practicing. Oh and yeah, yeah. yeah. Marie's always kept practicing, and now we're seeing the payback. You know, he didn't have to do it. Used to be world class without it, but it's a hell of another arrow to have in the bow. You know. In the quiver. Sorry. Got one of these days we'll get that one. I did that as well. well. Oh, Jesus. Uh, last one, and it's a, it's a point more than a question from Martin Heavey, but it is a good one. And he says, can there be a bitching session about the hypocrisy of Premiership fans slating the Scarlets in Leinster while ignoring their teams doing it, it being rotation versus resting? Um, yeah. It's it is a running theme that when the Pro Twelve is done, it's it's resting players, and when the Premier should do it, it's rotation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know what actually was very um, interesting was um, um, what's his name uh, Glasgow coach uh, Dave Rennie. Thank you. Dave Rennie came out and said about that he dropped Hugh Jones, he dropped Finn Russell because of form straight away. Like I said, they haven't been up to standards and. Yeah. Um, that's the way it is and they had and Peter Horn got man the match and Alex Dunbar was superb as well so it's like it's quite that was nice to see like now we're not resting they're dropped like when you go okay standards up them so speaks the coaching side of you yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah excellent alright um, right we'll leave it there make sure to use the hashtag AskTHY if you want to get a question in for next week so thanks to Pat Jimmy and Jason to Alan McMahon for producing and Shane Dempsey and Fiona Delaney were on production we'll be back next Monday with a new podcast subscribe to it on iTunes Spotify SoundCloud and every good podcast app to get it straight to your phone this has been The Hard Yards I'm Andy McGeady thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week The Hard Yards brought to you by Sports Joe